Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. I believe this is episode uh, number 117, so we, we're, we're still going strong here at Luke's English Podcast. Now, um, to really understand this episode of the podcast, you should probably uh, listen to the previous one, which was called um, Could It Be You? Um, episode number 116, Could It Be You? Because in this episode... 117. I'm going to be kind of talking about um, what I was saying in the previous episode. So you'll probably need to um, just listen to that one if you haven't done that already. Um, You will also find a tape script for pretty much all of this episode of the podcast and all of the previous episode as well, which is very generous of me. Um, Of course, you can find that either by going to teacherluke.podomatic.com or by going to teacherluke.wordpress.com depending on how long it's been since I uploaded this. So in the last episode I told you a story that I felt I had made some kind of mystical connection with a listener to the podcast that somehow I had developed a connection with one person in particular and that in a vivid dream I had a conversation with that person which led me to write a detailed personality profile. I then read out the personality profile and asked you to respond if you felt it applied to you. Um, So, by the way, I'm recording this episode um, now in the same day that I recorded uh, episode 116. So I don't know what your responses were. I've got no idea um, what happened. I don't know if, you know lots of people responded or what people said. I've got no idea. Um, So anyway, I must say at this point that the story I told in episode 116 was not true. So I didn't have a dream. I haven't felt a connection with one listener in particular, obviously beyond the emails and comments which I've received. And the whole thing was just an experiment. So none of it was true. Sorry. I'm sorry, first of all, if you felt like I've deceived you, but that's just the way it is. It wasn't true. Now, let me explain. Um, As I said, I'm recording this now on the same day that I recorded the previous episode, so I have no idea how my experiment went, if it was a success, and if anyone out there felt that the personality profile I wrote related to them in particular. For all I know, my experiment failed, and no one felt I was describing them. Or maybe some of you listened to that last episode and really felt that I was describing you, even down to quite specific details like your relationships or if you have a scar on your knee. I have no idea what happened, but in this episode I would like to explain the purpose of my experiment. I would also like to apologise sincerely if you felt like you've been conned or duped 
or misled at all by this experiment. I see the experiment as being like a magic trick really and magic tricks involve deception and lying to a point but it is justified because they're always interesting and engaging and that is what I always try to achieve with these podcasts to be interesting and engaging and to teach you some things. So if I deceived you with this experiment I apologise and I hope that you will forgive me. Um, Now I would like to explain myself. Uh, what the experiment was about and if you were fooled by it. I mean, if you felt that the personality profile I really describe, uh, if you felt that personality profile really described you, then I would like to explain exactly how that happened. It can all be explained by linguistic tricks. There is certainly no real magic, psychic power or any other kind of mysticism. It's all basic psychology and manipulation of language. Okay, so what was the experiment? Well, I'm very interested in magic and related areas such as illusion, mind reading, hypnotism and psychics. By magic I mean the sort of sleight of hand techniques used to make playing cards disappear or how to fool people into picking a certain card etc. By illusion, I mean the way in which our senses can be tricked into seeing or not seeing things. By hypnotism, I mean the way we can be convinced to do or believe things simply by someone suggesting those ideas into our subconscious. By mind reading, I mean the ability to see into someone's mind and then read what is in there. And by uh, psychics... I mean those people who claim they can communicate with the dead and who seem to know deep personal information about you, although they have never met you before. It is uh, it's psychics and mind readers that I'm particularly interested in at the moment. I want to know if someone really can communicate with the dead or if someone really can read your mind without even talking to you. Is that stuff real or is it fake? To be honest... I suspect that it's fake, but I can't be sure. Perhaps some people really can read minds and communicate with the dead. Or perhaps they just use other techniques to make it look like they can. So how does this relate to my experiment and the latest episode of the podcast? Well, I wanted to write a personality profile using very carefully selected words and sentences and I wanted to see if I could convince people that I had made a psychic connection with them. I also wanted to test some techniques which I believe are used by psychics and which could prove that their methods are psychological rather than genuinely psychic. I wanted to know if it was possible to achieve the same results without being genuinely psychic. Obviously, I still don't know the results of my experiment, but still, let's proceed. So, um, my personality profile was full of what is known as Barnum Statements. Okay? Barnum Statements. I must also say that um, much of that personality profile was taken from a similar profile written by uh, a a magician called Darren Brown, who's kind of a famous magician on television here in the UK. He's written a book. I saw him perform live in London. He was, he's, he's amazing. In his book, he writes a profile which includes lots of Barnum statements. And I, to be honest, I took 
most of my profile from his. I changed a few things, but basically it's the same as his. So what are Barnum statements? Well, these are sentences which are very carefully worded to sound like very specific descriptions of a person, but which could apply to everyone. For example, um, at a party, you appear to be very social and outgoing, perhaps talkative, funny and outgoing. But after the party, you become quite introspective and you might even think carefully about what you and other people said and worry about how other people see you. In fact, sometimes when you're at a party, you feel disconnected as if you're just playing a part in a movie and you are a million miles away from other people. Now, although the sentence seems specific, it's actually very general. Of course, if you are at a party, you will act in, a, in an outgoing and social way. Those are the rules of a party. But it might not be who you really are. Of course, we all worry about what other people think of us. We all present a certain version of ourselves to the world and worry about what other people think. That is something which everyone experiences. So the Barnum statement seems specific, but it's just describing something that we can all relate to. There are other statements in there that could apply to everyone. For example, you have a scar on your knee or leg, which is a result of an accident you had when you were younger. Well, most of us have a scar on our knee or leg. It's the most common place to have a scar. Uh, and of course, it happened because of an accident. No one really intends to give themselves a scar on the leg, do they? And of course, it happened when you were younger. So although this statement seems specific, it's actually very general and may apply to everyone. These statements are used in horoscopes, mind reading and psychic reading all the time. Um, horoscopes, of course, are those ones that claim that they can read your destiny by looking at the stars. And they include, you know, all this, the star signs like Gemini, Capricorn, Libra, Cancer, Pisces and so on. That's horoscopes, okay? So they, they often contain Barnum statements as well. And if you, to be honest, if you take a bunch of horoscopes and you just take the name of the, the star sign away from it and you hand them out to a group of people, um, you know, they, they will probably make them fit themselves even if they you know if they believe that that is their horoscope then they will probably make it fit even though it might be the horoscope for someone else so um so these statements are used in horoscopes mind reading and psychic reading all the time they're just a small part of the complex way in which people give the illusion of reading your mind the technique becomes even more effective when the person being read wants it to make sense um, you know, the, uh, the person then starts to look for ways in which the sentences fit. If you really believe in mind reading, then you will want it to work. And so you will find ways to make the statements relate to your personality. For example, if you read the sentence, you had an accident as a child that involved water. You might search your memory for an accident that you had as a child that involved water and make it fit. Add that to the fact that it's very common for children to have accidents with water. Think about it. I'm sure you had an accident involving water as a child. I did. I fell into a canal once when I was fishing with my dad. My brother spilled hot water on his arm. It's very common. Um, 
So here are some more examples of statements which sound specific, but which could apply to anyone. Okay, And these are all taken from the profile in the previous episode of this podcast. Okay, so I sense that you are experiencing some tension at the moment with a friend or relative. Well, it's highly likely that you're experiencing tension with a friend or family member. On any given day, there's always someone who I'm having trouble with. It could be my parents, could be my brother, could be a friend. Now, if you want it to fit, then I'm sure you will find something which matches that statement. Think about it. I bet that there's someone in your life a friend, family member that you're experiencing some tension with, you could probably make that fit if you wanted to. Uh, the next statement is, I feel you're quite an independently minded person and you like to make up your own mind about things. Well, who doesn't feel that they are independently minded? Everyone wants to feel they are independent. If you're not independent, then what are you? You're a sheep or something and no one wants to be a sheep. So it's likely that you're going to believe that that applies to you because you want it to be true. Uh, another statement is, generally you are a cheerful and friendly person, but there has been a time in the past when you were very upset. You still think about that moment sometimes and you haven't fully got over it or dealt with it yet, but you will in time. Well, everyone has a time in the past that they were when they were upset and which they think about sometimes. It could be a breakup, could be an exam failure, it could be a death in the family. These things always take time to deal with, don't they? Um, um, okay, the next statement is, I believe, uh, very much this will likely lead you to having considered writing a novel or some such, but a fear that you won't be able to achieve quite what you want stops you from getting on with it. Well, sorry, but everyone considers writing a novel or creating some work of art, but hardly anyone actually achieves it because it's very hard to finish a novel. But writing a novel is an intensely personal thing. Again, this could apply to anyone and feels very personal and specific. Another statement, your relationship with your parents, and I get the feeling here that one is no longer around or at least emotionally absent, is under some strain. Again, everyone has some issue with their parents. That is the nature of the parent-child relationship. I can't think of anyone who is completely fine with their parents. Then the bit about, I get the feeling that one is not around or is emotionally absent, could apply to everyone too. Either one of your parents has died, and if that doesn't apply to you, then maybe the line about one being emotionally absent and I think, again, it's common for some of us to have lost a parent and even more common to feel that one of your parents is not as emotionally close to you as you would like. Um, another statement. There's also an odd feeling that you should have been born in a different century, like you feel that you would be more suited to another time in the past. Again, it's very common to feel that you don't really belong in this time, and that since we understand the past pretty well, we can just pick a time which suits us in the past. For example, I often imagine that I would be perfect for life in the 60s, mainly because the music which was made then really appeals to me. In reality, I'd be terribly out of place in the 1960s. Uh, another statement here is, a look around your living space would show a box of photos 
not organised into albums, out-of-date medicines, broken items not thrown out, and notes to yourself which are significantly out of date. Okay, well, everyone has a box of photos in their home, and this is one of the most common lines which psychics use. Photos are very personal and private, and yet we all have them in our homes, especially ones which are not in an album, because who has time to put all their photos in an album? Also, the stuff about out-of-date medicines and broken items, again, these are things we all have in our homes when you think about it. The list goes on. Many of these statements are designed to flatter you. By that I mean to kind of, you know, to say very nice things about you. So many of the statements are designed to flatter you, such as the line about you having a fantastic sense of humour. Well, everyone loves to believe they have a good sense of humour. Who would say they didn't have a good sense of humour? It's very likely that we would uh, believe that that applies to us. So basically the trick with these statements is to make them sound specific but actually to make them as general as possible to allow people to really make them fit. Naturally, we all look for ways to make the description fit us. So it is you who does all the work. The mind reader throws out general sounding statements and the subject makes them fit. Now, it's not as simple as that, of course. Mind reading is a complex art form and involves a lot of skill, especially when doing it live in front of a person or in front of a crowd. But if the psychic is confident and skilled enough, he or she can make a live reading even more impressive. Here are some, of, here are some ways that a psychic might do live readings in front of a crowd. Number one, the psychic claims to be in communication with the dead but the messages that come in are vague. Isn't it funny that the messages are vague at first? Surely the dead would just come out with their statement clearly from the beginning. Psychics never give a good reason for this though. Number two, the reading will begin with a name or even just a letter. The psychic will say, I'm getting an Anna or maybe an Anne. Does that make sense to anyone in the audience? Then, each person in the audience tries to think of someone they know with the name Anna, Anne or Annie. Because they want to contact a dead relative, they will search for a dead relative called Anne or Anna. It's a very common name. Surely someone in the audience will say yes, because they have a dead relative or someone else called Anna. So immediately, um, the psychic has got a hit. Then the psychic continues by making... Um, more general statements um, and letting the person explain how they make sense. Number three, the psychic will use negative statements. For example, this person didn't have an accident involving water, did he? Now, negative statements rather than positive, which is the, the positive version would be, this person had an accident involving water. But instead it's negative. This person didn't have an accident involving water, did he? Negative statements like this are effective because both a yes or a no answer will look like a success or a hit. For example, she didn't have an accident with water, did she? No. No, I didn't think so. Or she didn't have an accident involving water, did she? Yes, she did. Ah, yes, that's what she's saying to me. Number four, the psychic puts the emphasis on the person being read. So if the psychic says something like, I'm getting something about a dog or a pet, and the person says no, then the psychic may 
may say, well, I'm definitely getting something about a dog. Can you work harder? Or, well, it's definitely a dog, so I want you to go away and really think about what that means. And then the person is responsible for finding a connection to a dog. Uh, number five, the psychic uses the information from the subject to change the message. For example, I'm getting something about a dog. No, we didn't have a dog. Well, it's a pet, maybe a dog or a cat, an animal of some kind in the family. Well, yes, my grandfather used to have chickens. Ah, yes, that's it. It was chickens. Well, he says he's still happy with his chickens and he wants you to know that even now he enjoys his chickens. All right. Um, OK, so the list of techniques goes on. All of it works very effectively when the audience really wants to believe it's true and so tries to make all the information fit. OK, now, you might not agree with me. You might believe that psychics are real, that people really can read minds and that, it, uh, and that it's because of paranormal activity or powers. That's fine. Like I said, I have an open mind and I'm willing to believe it if it's proved to be true. The problem is... When these paranormal skills are tested under scientific conditions, then they just never work. Then the argument might be that a laboratory or other scientific skills will block the psychic skills. So then we have a claim which cannot be tested. It's like saying, I have a UFO in my back garden, but you can't see it because it's invisible, and if you try to do a scientific test to find it, then it will disappear. So I'm a sceptic, okay? I'm quite willing to believe in paranormal claims if they can be proven scientifically. And I'm not the only one. Some people have devoted their whole lives to trying to find out if paranormal claims are really true. There's a magician called James Randi who goes around the world testing paranormal claims. You can see many of his tests on YouTube. They, all, they always seem to show that the paranormal skill is not paranormal at all. Certainly under scientific conditions, the skills don't work. In the end, I think it comes down to what you want to believe. If you want to believe there are paranormal powers in the world, then you will, even if there is no genuine scientific evidence. Um, regarding psychics, I think there are a few possibilities. Number one, the psychic genuinely does have psychic powers. They can communicate with the dead, etc. But for some reason, these skills disappear under testing conditions. Although why this happens, we don't know. Number two, the psychic does not have any powers, but uses secret techniques like Barnum statements, etc. in order to fake it. The psychics are deceiving their audience, exploiting people who have lost members of their family and making money by lying to people. Or number three, the psychic does not have magic powers, but believes that he or she does. He or she uses normal methods, not, not paranormal ones, and yet believes his or, his or her own bullshit to the point that he or she really thinks that he or she has psychic powers. Well, option three is possible. Maybe some psychics believe their own claims to be psychic. Maybe they use non-psychic methods, but interpret them as evidence of psychic power when actually there are other explanations. Personally, I believe that most psychics are faking it, but I can't be sure without testing them. It's interesting that James Randi is so open-minded that he has famously offered a £1 million prize to any psychic who can prove that their method works under scientific conditions. To date, 
no one has won the £1 million. So what does this all mean? I think it means that we have to be careful of people who claim they have psychic powers and then use that claim to get money from us. It's dangerous for us to believe that people have these powers. It's dangerous to put our trust in these people who just want to deceive us and get our money. I also think it's morally wrong for people to lie like this. I especially think it's morally wrong for people to use people's grief and desire to connect with dead family members to get money. Still, maybe what's important is that if these grief-stricken people do get genuine relief from psychic readings, if they do go away happy and satisfied, maybe it's okay and it doesn't matter if it's all lies. Perhaps the lies are justified by the outcome if people feel happy after a psychic reading. Who knows? One thing is certain, it's a complex and fascinating issue which we still don't fully understand. I want to know your opinions. First of all, what did you think of my experiment? Did it work? Was I wrong to do it? Perhaps it didn't work because I'm not a specialist. It was, it was the first time I'd done it. And because doing it over the internet like that maybe just doesn't work. Um, what do you think of psychics? Do they really have powers or is it fake? Is it wrong to say that they contact dead people and make people cry over the memory of a dead relative? Or is it okay? Have you ever had a psychic reading? What happened? Please do uh, leave your comments um, under this uh, podcast episode. I'm, I'm fascinated to know your side of the story. Um, now, I'd like to play you some recordings on this subject. First, I'll play you the audio track of a clip from a TV show in which a great magician called Darren Brown, I've already mentioned him at the beginning of this episode, uh, a clip in which Darren Brown conducts the experiment, which I did with you, on three groups of people in three different countries. And you'll see from the recording that the experiment is a success. The second clip um, is an interview with Darren Brown about psychics, Barnum statements and other techniques. And the third clip is of a psychic doing some cold reading. So you can actually listen to it happening. You can listen to the way in which they do it and see if you can identify some of the techniques which I explained in this episode. Um, so I hope you enjoy these clips. You can also see them on the website in, uh, as YouTube videos, of course. Um, so I will now let you listen to the first clip, which is Darren Brown conducting the... Uh, the personality profile experiment, which I did with you in the last episode. So um, I, might, I might just give some explanations uh, because there may be some things that uh, you can't, you know, you have to see. Uh, you, need, you probably need to watch the video to really understand some of these things. Um, so I might explain some things for you. But here's Darren Brown doing his experiment with these uh, personality profiles. Okay. <laughs> Do you think astrologists, palm readers and the like can really tell everything about you? That your personality can be read from your birth date, your hand or from sensing vibrations? Very possible. As ever, the volunteers here have no idea of what we're about to do. I'm going to ask each of you to take a sheet of paper and to draw around your hand on the paper, that's what the pens are for. Uh, and when you've done that, to write on the paper your birth date, and if you know it, your time of birth as well would be very useful. 
And thirdly, to take some personal object that you have on you. Please don't choose anything that is immediately recognizable as being yours. Uh, you're going to put them into one of the numbered envelopes. It does not matter which one. Does that kind of make sense to you all? All right, okay, I will look the other way. If you can do that for me now, that would be great. Any bit of paper, obviously, any pen, any envelope. Okay, so Darren has asked them to write their names, their dates of birth and their, the time of their birth and to draw it around their hand on a piece of paper and also to take some personal item, could be a ring or something like that, something in your pocket, and put, it, put them all into an envelope. Now, this is all part of the trick. This is meant to make the uh, people feel like somehow by giving up this personal information that this is contributing to Darren's ability to read their personality. So that's all part of it. Now, in my experiment over the internet, I didn't do that. I just had to try and convince you that somehow I had sort of special powers and I was able to read the mind of one person. I was hoping that all of you would feel like you were that one person. Now, in this experiment that Darren is doing, yeah, he's just asked them to, like, give up some... Some things like an outline of the hand, personal item, name, date of birth, and that somehow using this, that that's going to help him identify their deep personality traits. Actually, it seems to work that when people think that they're giving something to the mind reader, like these personal objects, that that is somehow going to help him with the magic. Um, it's quite interesting, really, to see uh, how that's working. By the way, in this episode, in this clip, he's got three. He's got three groups: a person, uh, a group in the UK, a group in Spain, and a group in the UK. So I'll explain what the Spanish people are saying. You put your birth date on the paper into any envelope you like, along with some personal item, please. All done? Yes. Can I get somebody just to mix up all the envelopes and hang on to them so that person has all five envelopes as well? Remember your numbers, please, because that's the only way you're going to be able to identify the correct envelope later on. And I will come round now and uh, talk to you. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, so each envelope has a drawing of a hand and a birth date and a little object. I will take these envelopes away and I will try and write a description of the personalities of the owners of those things. Okay? While I go and do this, we've got a place for you to sit down. We've got some refreshments there, some tea and coffee, paella. Um, and I will come back in and we'll see how it goes. It'll probably take me about an hour to do this, and I will try and be accurate. I'm, trying not, I'm not going to be general. I'm going to try and be very specific about things. So bear with me, and I'll see you in a bit. OK? All right. Cheers. Hello. I've finished. So, if you can each take your envelope, if you can remember your numbers. You're going to go away and read this now. I don't want you being able to read each other's, though. It's very important you kind of only focus on your own one. Really try and spread yourselves out around the room so you're not able to see each other's. And then we're going to ask you individually what you make of it. So, um, go do that. See you in a bit. 
By the way, Darren keeps saying, see you in a bit, see you in a bit, see you in a bit. That's like, see you in a bit, see you in a bit, which means see you soon. But it's a very common thing for people to say in the UK. So I'm going to go and do this, see you in a bit. So see you in a bit just means see you soon. OK, see you so, in a bit. Um, go do that. See you in a bit. Thank you. I was very overwhelmed when I read the analysis. Darren mentioned that, of course, I'm very self-critical, so reading this sort of thing was very difficult for me anyway. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe how accurate it is. I kept reading to the paper and all saying, I can't believe he's analysed me so accurately. It does feel actually so personal, it's actually quite hard for me to share. Help yourselves. I feel like it pretty much summed up who I am part about self-examination, I think, like, which was in the first sentence on the page. I feel like, oh yeah, that's me. It's kind of astounding. I've always believed in something like it. This just kind of confirms it, but it also shocks me because I didn't think it worked so well. It's true. Like, all this stuff is true. I don't get stuff done because I don't like the idea of mediocrity, and that's so true. <laughs> that's it right here. <laughs> what the heck? It's so weird. It was shockingly accurate. Very likely this will lead you to having considered writing a novel, but the fear that you won't be able to achieve what you want stops you from getting it done. And I actually started writing a novel when I was 17 and had written several chapters but didn't finish it because, I don't know. Ha visto cosas que ni siquiera yo había visto de mí misma. Nunca había hecho antes algo como esto. Okay, at this point um, we hear some of the uh, Spanish people with their comments. So one of them, he's seen things that I hadn't even seen in myself. I have never done anything like this and I thought it would be a bit more general, um, a bit more vague, like a horoscope or something, when in fact it goes into very profound things about my personality. I would give it 75%, but the remaining 25% isn't important because the 75% was so accurate and so personal. 80%, another guy says, because there are things that, I, that he nailed perfectly. She says, it could be 90%. And then we're back with the Americans. Okay. I would give it the reading a 95% accuracy rating. 85%. Like 40%. 85%. 90%. 99%. Definitely. Okay. I want to try something else. First of all, if you can all take your readings out of your envelopes and just hold on to them, but fold it up, please. Just the readings, not the hands and so on. Thank you very much. This may sound a bit frightening for some of you, but don't worry about it. Can you just mix them up and pass them around so you don't know whose you've ended up with? What I'm going to ask you to do in a moment is to have a look through the reading that you now have in your hand and see if you can identify the person that it belongs to. Okay, this is very clever of Darren because um, now he's he's sort of convinced these people that he's he's written like a perfectly tailored uh, profile for each person. But now what he's doing is he's asking them to pass the profiles around between each other, so read other people's profiles and then try and work out which profile it is. But of course, what they don't know is that all the profiles are exactly the same. So I'm sure that they're going to be quite surprised when they realise that uh, they all had exactly the same profile. Can you open this up now and just have a look? If you've got the same one again, just uh, mix them up again and take somebody else's. Yeah, my one. <laughs> They've all got their own. 
Or something. Oh! <laughs> yeah, in fact, you have all got exactly the same reading. Oh my god, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, me too. They are all exactly the same. Las lecturas personales todas son exactamente igual. Ah. Ah. They are all exactly the same. Please don't feel stupid. This is a skill, it's something called cold reading. It's a technique used by people who claim to be psychic, people who claim to talk to the dead. It's as old as the hills. And if you think for a moment, actually, of how even more effective it would be if I was a psychic working one-on-one -on -one with you. And we've given these to people in America, and we've given them to people in England, and it's, it's, it's always the same. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this and being honest with it. And I hope this has given you something to think about. <laughs> okay, here's some more Spanish. So let me uh, just explain what they're saying. This guy's saying, until five minutes ago, I believed it because the reading was so accurate about my personality. And uh, then we get... Um, and five minutes later, that has all gone down the drain. It's incredible. And she says, I feel like I've been used in every way. <laughs> um, it's incredible how strong this is. Yeah, it is amazing. And then we go back to the English speakers. Here we go. I love this experience. Uh, the fact that everyone does have the same insecurities. You don't feel that alone. Had not we had not gone to the second part, I would have walked away from here thinking that you had psychic abilities. Okay, she said that if we hadn't done this second part, if I, if you hadn't told me that, then I would have walked away from here thinking that you had psychic abilities. So there you go. It's it's fairly, it's actually fairly simple and fairly. Um, it's, it's a lot easier than you might expect for these people to convince you that they have psychic abilities. Okay, so. I think Darren Brown is kind of an authority on this subject since he actually uses a lot of these techniques himself as a magician, as an, as an illusionist. So now you're going to hear an interview with him in which he explains some of the techniques which um, psychics use. Uh, he's going to talk about cold reading, uh, which is when psychics can appear to read the minds of people that they've never met before. And he's going to talk about Barnum statements, which... Um, you've already heard about in this podcast but he's very articulate very very clever guy and really very talented illusionist and he really knows what he's talking about so listen up listen carefully because this is quite an interesting interview in my opinion here it is darren could you begin by telling me what cold reading is and how it's used cold reading i suppose is the way that a complete stranger can seemingly tell you everything about yourself without without being psychic and without knowing anything about you. Um, uh, in essence, the cold reader or psychic is supplying a lot of words, and you as the sitter, the other person, are supplying the meaning to those words. Um, and it relies on a lot of techniques. It's not really a question of forensic body reading and the sort of things that people might... It's not really normally even that, even that clever. Um, there are linguistic tricks which, uh, unless you're aware of them, are very easy to fool for. Um, and those tricks can give the impression that the person knows everything about your character or might um, 
refer to facts and things from your life or from your past that they seemingly couldn't know about. So if, if a psychic, a so-called psychic, a, a trickster, was trying to pretend to guess, I don't know, the name of the sitter's grandfather or something like that, what, what would be the kind of thing they might do? Well, very, uh, very often, I mean, even that, even, even guessing the name of a grandfather, if you back up, what tends to happen is that the, uh, the psychic will, if it's with a group of people, throw, throw out a name and say, you know, I'm getting the name uh, John or Albert or some name that's sort of suitable for the age group they're working with. And now that name could refer to a person in the audience who's living or it could refer to someone that's died or it could be a friend of the person. You know, it really could be anything. So it's up to somebody to pick up on it and turn it into what they want it to be. And, of course, if they say, yes, that was my husband, then the reader can go, yes, that's right, he's here, he's saying, he's saying, he still loves you or, or, or whatever that is. That, mm. And they turn it back into, uh, make it sound as if they were saying it was your husband when, in fact, it could have been anybody. It could have been the name of the person that was sat there. Um, the kind of methods that involved... Uh, the the um, Barnum statement is very sort of famous and well known about, and uh, there's a, a great experiment. I've... Remind us what what the Barnum. Yeah, the well, there's a terrific experiment that was done on this with um, students. I've, I've filmed this myself. We did it with three different groups of people across the world, where you have everybody in the group is given a um, a reading, a personality reading, and uh, normally beforehand there's some nonsense about asking for their birth date or getting some <laughs> objects off them. That, you know, so there's some sort of process apparently involved, and they're given a reading. And it's a long reading, it's a very detailed personality reading, and they all get one individually, they're all asked to read it. And invariably, um, they will all say afterwards that it's very, very accurate, that it was not at all vague or ambiguous of what people might expect. And they'll give it 85, 90, 95% accuracy. Um, and I can, I've seen this happen and people are amazed by it. And then you get them to swap with each other. And so maybe perhaps you can identify someone else by their reading, then they realise they've all been given exactly yeah, the same yeah. thing. Um, which was written months ago before, before yeah. I even met them, yeah. you know. Uh, and the statements that fill those sorts of readings are generally Barnum statements. And Barnum statements are things which essentially apply to anybody. It's only part of the cold reading skill, but it's, it's a major part of it. It so, comes from P.T. Barnum, the P. circus proprietor. That's who right. said, we have something for everybody. Something yeah. for everyone, that's yeah, okay. right. And uh, famously, Sucker was born every minute. Um, yes. So the, these are statements along the lines of, um, you know, you, you, um, you're somebody who uh, you tend to keep people a little bit at bay, but when... Well, you're a caring person. You, yeah, you're a caring person. Yeah, yeah, you you yeah. keep people a little, a little bit at bay, though. You tend to keep people at arm's length, but when, they, when you allow people into that inner sanctum of, you know, when they become your close friends, mm. if they betray you, then that, you know, that, that, that really hurts. You know? And you're not saying anything other than you're closer to people that you're close to. Then yeah. It means nothing, yeah. absolutely nothing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and horoscopes are the same. I mean, that, that, they use yeah. the same principle. Be because those things have to apply to anybody because there's no interaction going on. You know, a horoscope or, um, or something given you know, when everyone's getting the same thing. There's no feedback, so you're simply relying on things that apply to anybody. What you can do when you're interacting with somebody is you can fork off from one way or another. I can say that. You, know, you, can, you, can, uh, you can go one way or the other depending on the response you get. So if I said to you that um, the, the spirits are telling me you've got quite a temper, uh, you could say, you could answer yes or no to that. You might agree or disagree. Now, if you agree with it, it feels like a hit, and I can say, yes, that's right. I can sense that you've got a real temper, dot, dot, dot. If you say no, I can say... Um, um, well, not on the outside. I mean, what you've done is you've learned how to sort of yes. keep that very contained. But inside, you'll be aware that there are some things that really kind of knot you up and make you very angry. But what's great about you is that you've learned to uh, control it on the outside. It still feels like a hit. 
linguistically, what they tend to do is they say, um, they put the word not in into the question, so they'll say things like, uh, uh, one recent reading I was listening to was, um, she said, now you haven't, you haven't been drinking a lot of water recently, have you? And by, putting, by phrasing it in the negative, it allows a yes or no to be a hit. And the answer was, uh, was no. And she said, well, you should do. The Spirit's telling me you need to be drinking more than you are. You haven't been drinking much. And it sounded like a, a hit. Equally, if the person said yes, it would have seemed like, yes, they're telling me, you, you know, either way. Um, then uh, a common ruse also is to make statements that allow you to have um, both sides of the coin in one go. So, for example, if I said to you, You've got an extrovert side and an introvert side. That's not remotely convincing at all. That that's, seems to be a given. But if you say to somebody, uh, when you're at a party, you're very good, you're, you're very good at being able to um, uh, hold, hold court. You, know, you, can, you can entertain people. You're very good at being uh, really uh, the life and soul of a party. But what's interesting about you is that when you walk away from that, you'll often find yourself at home running back through conversations in your head and uh, wondering, oh, what did that person mean? Why did I say that? That was stupid. And when you're even at those parties, even though you like to think that you're somebody who can be um, you know, in, in charge and very charismatic, you'll often find yourself just stood there thinking, God, why am I here? It's like everyone is a million miles away, and you're aware that that is a facade that you, that you put on. Now, whether or not that applies to you, the fact is all I'm doing is saying that you've got an introvert and an extrovert side, which cancels itself out. It means nothing. And yet most people will, will find a way of sort of making that easily fit themselves. Now, when you analyse these things like the Barnum effect and cold reading, uh, you're doing it in a sort of rational way, mm. I take it that the psychics and palm readers and astrologers and people who do it know perfectly well what they're doing, and therefore they are fakes. Um, but are all of them fakes, or are, do some of them somehow manage to fool themselves as well? Um, I think the difference is just how good they are at it, which is uh, unfair in a way, because <laughs> it maybe a bit becomes... Or maybe I mean, the, the good ones are the fakes. I think the difference is you can yeah. see when cold readings at work, when you know the tricks, when you know the same old things coming out about you've got an old box of photographs at home with the, the you know, with the, and you've got the, the sort of the tricks that they come out with and the, the pushing for statements, making somebody make a statement hit, and if they don't, moving on to the next person... You know, one I was listening to recently, you've, got a, you've, been, you've been doing a lot of um, spirit telling, you've been doing a lot of sewing. Um, and that woman was like, no. She said, well, is it somebody in the spirit plane has been doing a lot of sewing? No, she couldn't make a hit. And it was, so we went to the next person, is, is it for you? You've been doing a lot of sewing. The woman was, no. She said, well, there's a, a coat, you've got a coat at home. With, uh, there's a button that's loose or a, or a hem that's loose. No, I mean, it wasn't working. <laughs> and in the end, she said, well, have a look for that, my dear. Have, they're telling me there's a, there's a, you know. And it went from... Yeah. Somebody, you know, to, to nothing. So when you see that, you, well, that's clearly that person is, they know exactly yeah. what they're doing. They're desperately trying to get a hit. However, I think the people that are, you know, I've been to psychic training colleges and seeing people that are very sincerely trying to learn. You know, they've been told they believe that they're a bit psychic because, you know, we all have a certain amount of intuition and we all, you know, if we misunderstand things like kind of coincidence and a phone ringing because we've been... We've been thinking of somebody earlier on that day and the phone rings and it's them. We might mistake that for being psychic if we don't really understand how those things can easily happen quite a lot of the time. So I think there are plenty of people who learn it genuinely and really think that, you know, whether it's palm reading or tarot cards or whatever, that there really is a system. But and they just there's a, they go to a training course? And these things do exist. Medically, you can buy books on it nowadays. Yeah. I mean, but, it, but I'm just trying to get into the mind of, of, a, of one of the instructors on the training course. Mm. I mean, the instructors on the training course are teaching cold reading 
while dressing it up as though it was yeah. genuine. So they really are charlatans then. I think so. I yeah. think so. It's, it's difficult because cold reading is something that you can be taught to do without it seeming like tricks. Oh, you know, okay. I've, I mean, I've been in a situation where trainee psychics are sat around saying things to each other like, um, oh, I'm sensing there's... Um, uh, oh, some of the great things I heard was, oh, I'm sensing you're on a bus and the bus is going the wrong way, but it might not be a bus, it might be a relationship. <laughs> and, and when you're hearing things like that, you think, well, okay, this isn't cold reading, this is just people sort of hypothesizing intuition and just learning to just, well, I'll just speak openly and I know this other person's going to make it fit because we're all partisan and we're all learning together. And that just seems sort of naive but, and a bit of a shame. when but, they're learning it all together, they're mm. still dressing it up in their own minds as the spirit world talking yes, to them rather absolutely. than... absolutely. But all it doing, is, it's just, yes. it's just being intuitive and being open and being... Well, just say what you feel. That's all it is. It's this whole thing of intuiting your way to yeah. enlightenment and knowledge, which is, you know, a potentially disastrous way of thinking. OK, that was Darren uh, talking about the subject. And uh, I think what you're now going to hear finally is... Um, you're going to hear... Um, a British psychic from Liverpool with a fairly strong Liverpool accent doing some psychic cold readings live in front of an audience up in, in the north of England somewhere. Um, you're going to hear him doing that and also at the same time you're going to hear um, Darren Brown and another um, sort of expert in this area, a man called Professor Richard Wiseman, um, as they kind of comment on the things that um, uh, this psychic is doing and the techniques that he's using as he actually uses them. So they are watching uh, the psychic doing his readings on a videotape, and at the same time, they're making their comments. So you'll be able to hear the psychic speaking to the audience, and then you'll hear Darren Brown and Professor Richard Wiseman describing the techniques that are being used. Okay, here we go. I'm spending five days with Joe Power, a self-styled people's medium working in Liverpool. I felt like more of a father-in-law. Is he the real deal? Or if he's not contacting the dead? Mike. I really can't think. Does he hold a genuine belief that he is? Last night, Joe performed a show in which he wowed an audience by communicating with the dead. But while he could be, there is another way of achieving similar results. And I'll let you into a secret. It involves one of the many techniques I use when I'm on stage. It's called cold reading. And she's still got tears in her It allows you to give the impression you know personal details about people you've only just met. Professor Richard Wiseman, who attended last night's show, is an expert in studying claims of paranormal abilities. I met him for a second opinion on how cold reading could be used. That's your grandson. What Joe is doing, um, I think is impressive in the sense that he's standing on stage and getting people to say, yes, my goodness, you, know, you seem to be in contact with, with somebody in the spirit world. The question is, is he doing that through some kind of psychological cold reading technique, or is it genuine? You're never going to know for certain. If Joe is cold reading, he would first have to make the connection. Here you convince a bereaved spectator that you have a link to a loved one in the spirit uh, no, world. I'm thinking to her is her name is Jean. So what's okay, better than mentioning a name? Clear, and I know that there's someone should be connecting to this lady. Oh, bloody stars. Okay. As I'm but if that doesn't work, you just try another name. Debbie, that should be linked to this lady. Nancy and cousin. 
And hey, okay, presto, so you've made the connection. People in the spread of wealth. Yes. Okay. So it's, it's an interesting start there. Uh, he comes out and he says, um, absolutely crystal clear, I'm looking for a gene. And there's not much of a response there, so it becomes then it's Debbie as well. If you listen to the actual words, actually Gene has vanished yeah. from it. Now, is this lady only just passed? But with the audience member now hooked, there's still work to do. You've got to reveal facts about them and their dead loved ones. So next up, the sitter does the work. Oh God, you said Jean before, it'll yeah. be Joan, she, she's over there in the audience. Where is she? That's another sister. So this is the, the sitter doing all the, the work. Um, so he came out and said, Jean, oh, and now I've worked it out. You mean Joan, mm. who's alive over there. So it's, it's the, the sitter doing the work. Mm. Is it Paul, Paul? I don't know if that was one of his friends, you may need um. to... Um, he had a partner, Pauline. Okay. Now, There's also that sense of throwing out a lot of options. So they're trying to fit this information, they're dropping away the stuff that doesn't make sense, they're picking up and getting the, the psychic to elaborate on the stuff that does. So it involves a back and forth. Okay, where's the family of five of you then? Is it this five? I need Nowhere is this more apparent than when the audience has to work hard to make sense of the numbers. Okay, why is she mentioning five then? Is he like five obvious or is it five connection? So there he says, I'm getting a figure five. And she says, yeah, five girls and a boy. Mm -hmm. Or some might refer to it, six. Six, yeah. So, so again, he might be right. He might be right, maybe. It was five girls and the spirits were whispering that to him and, and he just mm. couldn't quite make sense <coughs> of it. Or it could just be a number that's thrown out there and it's her job to make it, make it fit. Is it five connection? Sometimes, rather than throwing specific information at the audience to work out, cold reading also allows you to deal with generalities. So next up, Barnum statements. Comments that could apply to many people. Okay, how's your knee? Not too good. He's talking about your knee, love. Okay, you've had problems with it. Yeah. And is it your hip as well? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and saying to a lady of a certain age that she has a, a, a dodgy knee or hip is what we call a Barnum statement, isn't it? From P.T. Barnum, who said there's something for everyone. It's a phrase that can clearly apply to a lot of people in that situation, although it sounds very specific in the, the way that it's delivered. But out of all the cold reading techniques, my personal favourite is the recap. I just felt... Here you tell the audience something they've just told you. And then Catherine, a sister, but we call her Kitty. And one minute, 22 seconds and 23 frames later... Well, I want to keep talking to you, and you mentioned the name of Kitty, didn't you? Not yes. me, because yes. I'm hearing that again, by the way. She, it's, as like, it's as if like it's a nickname. Well, her name's Catherine, but everyone calls her Kitty. Ah, oh, she's saying nickname. Okay, yes. so it's a, it's a nickname that we used to call her. He's already heard that. She's already told him that. I, I believe that's the case. So this yeah. is a, a kind of recapping. But of course, if you don't remember the beginning part of the, the reading, which is when he was explicitly told that, you could look at that and think, oh my goodness, how on earth did he come up with that information? And the answer is, he was told it fairly early on. And could this be another one? There's three people that I need to connect to. Yeah, I think it's my cousin. Three of them in a car. Was two killed? Yeah. She two said cousin. Yeah. Okay, I, I and what's revealed? Because I'm feeling that these these two people was one like a cousin though? Was the was the yeah, he's a cousin? 
It was your cousin. Okay, does the name of Jimmy connect... But we're all human. And sometimes you do get the information wrong. No. No? But if it is going wrong, there's a solution. And it's called the blame game. You can blame the spirits. I felt his energy, but I'm not convinced that I'm talking to him. So I'd rather let you sit down if that's okay. Or you can blame the audience if the information doesn't quite ring true. Okay, she's saying yes, she was in the hospital. Yeah, she was a while back. I don't know, she may have been. Okay, you, you may need... Okay, the recording just sort of cuts out there, but he says you may need to go and think about that, okay? You may need to go and think about that. Well, well done. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it's it's never, I'm, I'm wrong. It, it's simply that now you have to go and investigate that because, you know, we've got to find out more information about it. Do you know if there's an anniversary or birthday that falls on the 23rd? Um, think about it. I can't think. Well, I can move, so, okay. I'm probably a little bit faster, okay. And if, and if you're saying no, it can be left with you as a sitter, well, think about it, go away and think about it. In other words, it, I'm, it, right, I'm right yeah. and you're wrong. No, no, it's it's my problem. Right. Right, and I, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Now, none of this is to say that this isn't genuine. Yeah. What we're saying is there's just other ways of looking at this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to say good night and God bless. Thank you. The end of the show. Joe could be communicating with the dead. But my discussion with Professor Wiseman explains how similar results can be obtained through cold reading. Joe himself emphatically denies using any of these techniques, saying he solely uses what he terms as his gift of mediumship. What you would have is your cynics on one side going, well, that's it, you know, it's all cold reading, and your believers on the other kind of going, no, 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 it's all genuine. But I think that these abilities actually exist. There is only one way to find out whether they're real or not, and that is to do some kind of test. Okay, so there you heard them kind of in a sceptical way um, explaining the way in which maybe this guy, Joe Power, was um, using techniques in order to make it look like he was communicating with the dead. But, you know, I, I, as I said before, I'd like to be open-minded. So I'm sort of searching the internet here, trying to find a good example, a good clear example of some cold reading taking place. So what I'm going to do now is have a little further look and see if I can find a really good example of some successful cold reading, which you can listen to, and then you can kind of get an overall picture of it. But I still think that point still stands, that if um, the psychics really do claim that it's genuine communication with the dead, then they should at least be willing to um, let that, um, be tested somehow but they never do they're never willing to let it be tested in scientific conditions no one has yet won the one million pounds from James Randi uh, which he's offering for anyone who can prove that psychic phenomena really are true uh, but nevertheless I want to try and give you all sides of the story I suppose so um, I'll let you listen to um, an example of some cold reading in front of an audience um, successfully and you can just make up your own mind maybe it's cold reading maybe they're just using techniques um, maybe it's hot reading which is when you actually cheat and find out information about the people beforehand um, or maybe it's genuine communication with the spirit world you decide ladies and gentlemen you only you can decide thank you very much indeed it's a great pleasure for me to be here and work with you today. Um, without a thought in my little brain, and it is only small, um, 
I will, I will see exactly what I can feel from the spirit world on your, on your behalf. Now, um, I, it's wonderful, really, because I opened my mind up and I'm packed. I've got loads of people here. And uh, I'm just aware here, first of all, the first person wanting to come in is a man, but it's a much younger man that I can sense here in the spirit. As he steps close to me, he's a very handsome-looking fellow, a good-looking boy, and there's something about a dimple in the chin or a mark upon his chin which I believe to be reasonably significant. Come on. Now, um, in whichever way he passed, there was something wrong. Or he damaged either left hand or arm or something here to the shoulder, all across here. If it was rather damaged, I feel there would have been some degree of like impact or something like this where he would have fallen against it or it would have been uh, um, um, hit somewhere here on the left side of his body. Now, will you please open your mind to see where you might think this connects? Does anybody understand this information as I have it? Put your hand up, do not be scared. Okay. Okay, um, let me just see how it goes, come on. Now this young fella, and it's a little thing, but he, what I want to look at his eyebrows, because when I look at his face, there's either something thick about his eyebrows, or something rather significant about these eyebrows of his. Now as this same fella connects with me, I don't feel he's passed recently, this fella, no. so I want to go back some long years, really, you understand know yeah. for him. But I feel that he would either be the same age as you, or the similar kind of age of you, do you understand, your generation, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah my generation. He feels as though he's got older in the spirit world, but he looks about your age, you understand, in the spirit. Yeah. Now, the same man, as he connects with me here, has kind of known you for when you was a little kid, or has known you from day one, or something like this. Yeah, from okay. day one. Now, he makes reference to here that when he passed, it broke his mother's heart when he died. It broke his mother's heart. Yeah. And she was never, ever the same. You understand? It's That's never right, the yeah. same um, since he, he passed over. And I have a feeling here that just before he passed, he was so excited. He had all his life in, in, in front of him. It was all, everything was possible at that moment. And there's a sense here that he just achieved something or he was looking forward to a major thing that happened in his life there. And it had something to do either with a significant birthday or a significant birthday. What do I know? 1821. There's something like a significant birthday of him or the people that he connected to. Come on. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, this feeling here that most of the impact was on his left side or across this left part of him. Do you know? I wouldn't know that, but yeah, he did. There was a lot of, yeah, pain on one, all over, yeah. Okay, matey. And I just get a sense here, I don't want to be too graphic here, of this impact or being squashed, effectively. Yeah, yeah, That's definitely. What it feels like. Yeah. And, um, it was a, a, a feeling he gives me that he, there was basically a lot of damage in his body, you know, it wasn't yeah. pretty, understand, when he passed over. <laughs> and I have a sense here that your father, your father, yeah. your father knows him. Yeah, very well, yeah. <clears throat> okay, because your father had seen him after he'd died. Yeah. To identify the body, to see him after he passed. He did, he couldn't identify the body, but he did go to see him. The body? Yes. It's yes. fine. Because I, I know that he's aware of your dad looking at his body after he passed. Yeah. That's what I know. And I also sense here the kind of like the, 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 the trauma of seeing that body, the trauma of seeing that body or the vision of what he saw, again, haunted the man, haunted yeah. him. And there was some real thing about all the, the dreams that he had had after that, where he could see the body, where he saw the body. I know this young fella is almost very apologetic of having to put your dad through that. And he's again, what can he, he can't say sorry, but that's my feeling. I'm so sorry you had to see me like that, okay? Now, I know that he looks like you. 
He yeah. looks like you, is what I think. Because his face is here, then I look at your face and it looks remarkably the same, like a very similar f feeling of yeah. face here. And, um, but he thinks he's better looking than you. So <laughs> Probably, yeah. He thinks he's more handsome or better looking than you. I think he's pulling your, your, your leg here, but um, I'll let him do it. Now, I don't know, he just tells me he's waited a long time to come and speak to you. He's waited a long yeah. time to come in and connect with you. And I don't know, he's kind of been very impressed to see you here. And he's know that it's, it's like, thanks for making the effort. Yeah, thanks right, for yeah. trying this. Now, <laughs> your, your mother is alive in the world. Yeah, good. Mom, yeah. But he's talking about your mum. And I feel as he talks to me about your mum, there's a real need that I want to pick her up, you know, and, and heal her or care for her at the present time. And I just get a sense you don't feel brilliant, your mum, you know, she feels unwell, under the weather, tired. Yeah, tired, yeah. And uh, he is aware of your mother and wants to love her and lift her up, you know, and make her feel better. So I know he'll do that from the spirit side as well. Quickly though. Now, listen, did your mum have five photographs of him out on show in her lounge? Five photographs of him in the home? Yeah, she would, you know, she's got photographs in, but I don't know how many. You can go down. I don't want to be out of counting, but I know she hasn't got that many, so... Okay, I see five images, five photographs of him. That's what I know, and that's what I'll give uh -huh. you. He's quite lively, this lad. He's quite a lively lad that I've got here. I just he see him jumping up and down and, and just basically being a pillock, really, but he's a lad. <laughs> yeah, he would, he and he's just, just lively and happy and dozy, really. Yeah. And that's, he's still that way in, in the spirit side of life. Your mum's mum is in the spirit world, your grandmother, your grandmother. Yeah. Your grandma stands next to him now, and I know she helps look after him, or she keeps him in order, in a nice yeah, way, yeah. you know. She looks after him. That's all I know, and uh, thank you very much for listening you. to me. God thank bless. you thank very you. much. Shocked, really. Um, I normally sort him out on this sort of thing, my wife normally runs along and I stay out of it. Big surprise. My man, uh, as he steps close to me, is a very handsome looking fella, a good looking boy. And there's something about a dimple in the chin or a mark upon his chin which I believe to be reasonably significant. I believe it was my brother Barry. He's got a big dimple and he always used to suggest that he was the, the most handsome one in the family out of, out of three boys. He's quite a lively lad that I've got here. I just he see was. him jumping up and down and, and just basically being a pillock really. Yeah, Barry always was. Uh, a lively chap always um, liked to have a little joke and dash about uh, in his trampoline he was always a, a comedian uh, and he was liked by everybody everybody in the state he never never made an enemy out of anybody I don't think and there's something like a significant birthday of him or the people that he connected to it was three days after his birthday that he, he passed um, so it came with a bit of a shock to the family in traffic on a motorbike and a bus sort of pulled out on him and just crushed him. The trauma of seeing that body, the trauma of seeing that body, or the vision of what he saw, again haunted the man. They did go to see him, and like it was like, um, well, see your son laying in a mortuary, like, with, with, after being run over by a bus, it's like pretty horrific anyway. Uh, so it did haunt my dad for, for years and years and years, and like, um, even when my dad was ill, he, he did sort of mention it. Uh, before he passed away, you know. Your grandma stands next to him now, and I know she helps look after him, or she keeps him in order. I didn't think that uh, that sort of thing went on in spirit. 
so yeah, it was quite quite nice and a nice thought to think of that my name was there looking up at my brother Barry. I haven't really taken it all in. Uh, so go home and tell my mum and sit down and have a chat with my mum about things and sort of be able to reflect on the things that Tony's told us. Okay, so there it is, a cold reading. Do you think it was real? Do you think it was true? Or do you think that the uh, psychic was maybe just sort of like extracting information? I mean, I think, sure, he got a few things right, but I think there are a lot of things in there that didn't really work. You know, he mentioned stuff about his eyebrows and various other things that, for me, you know, didn't strike, didn't get a hit with those things. And yet all the things that he did hit... Um, I think we're fairly obvious, like, he managed to work out that it was this guy's brother, and of course his mother's going to be old now, uh, of course his father was haunted by the fact that he died. You know, he mentioned all this stuff about photos, of course his mother will have photos of him in the living room. Five? Well, that didn't work, didn't seem to be five. Um, it's up to you, really, you can make your mind up, but that's it for this episode. Um, and I could keep going on and on and on about this, but I won't. Uh, it's We've done this for over an hour now, so that's the end of this uh, particular episode. But I'd like to know your thoughts, so please do leave some comments uh, beneath this episode. Let me know what you think about the whole psychic reading and stuff. Um, I'd like to know your opinions. Maybe you believe it's true. If you, if you do believe it's true, then how can you explain it all? That's what I'd like to know. And how about this whole test thing? Uh, how come the psychics never managed to make it... Uh, managed to prove it in in tests and things like that i'm i'm still willing to be con, uh, to be convinced that this is real and that it's true uh, but that's it for this episode um and maybe i've given you something to think about i wonder um thanks very much again for listening to luke's english podcast and uh, stay tuned for more episodes in the future but for now bye 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 listening to this episode of Luke's English Podcast, don't forget to visit teacherluke.podomatic.com for more information. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.